You're listening to Dumb Down Tech, where we break down tech concepts and we go back to the basics. We are back again today, and I am here with my guest. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Dr. Brent Scholar, and I am a professor at Arizona State University. I teach organizational leadership. I've also been a consultant of leadership since 2009, and always finding ways to you know, work in technology, especially most recently, of course, although I don't know if we'll consider March of 2020, is that still recent when we all had COVID and everything really hit us and we went virtual and technology even became even more important, even as an online instructor, as I have been for over a decade. Other than that, I am also an endurance athlete. So I run marathons, do triathlons, and also use technology there right, in order to maintain fitness and track that. I'm not sure if we'll talk about that anymore. And I enjoy theater, meaning plays and musicals, as well as theater going to the movies, which I'm looking forward to getting to soon. Well, you kind of touched on it a little bit. What all ways to use technology in your professional life? Sure. I am, like I said, I'm a, a professor and I teach online courses tr- traditionally for the past mm, going on six years now, taught both in person and online for the past almost 11 years. But you know, I've used technology throughout, right? We're using a PowerPoint that technology right then and there or some type of other Google Slides now. But, you know, I use technology through uh, learning management systems and then also ways to engage my students. And that's where I really look at how can I use technology better, whether that's using announcements or using third-party platforms. And there's a bunch of different third-party platforms out there. I touch on just a couple of them that I really like that help engage my students. So I really like and have been using for a few years now a product called Perusal. And what it does is we're able to import content and then have students review it. And then within their community as a class, do annotations on that. Now, there's a couple of different types of content we can use. We can use our own original content. We can also use content from videos now. That's been an added feature they've just done. We can use textbooks. So they have deals with the textbook companies where the students will actually purchase the textbook through Perusal, and then it's a digital copy put in Perusal for them to use. And we find that this increases their engagement a lot and with each other versus what would be considered the traditional discussion board comment which for listeners, if they don't know what that is, students will do an original post and then they'll comment on a couple of peers. It ends up being very mechanical and not very engaging. Perusal allows for this engagement between students because they get to pick what matters most to them. Like, oh, this was really interesting to me. So I'm going to add an annotation, add a note and talk about it. And then their peers can comment on it. Now, at the same time, if any teachers, professors are out there listening, what's really great for us is it auto-grades it. 
and can pass it back to your learning management system. So there's another part of the technology which is really good. So that frees you up from the grading and there's an algorithm there and it's not perfect. So I do go through and I review them. But what it does is it takes my grading time and opens it up so I can then go in and engage with the students. So we're using this technology in, in multiple ways in order to have students engage with each, with each other. And then I can have a more organic also engagement with them as well based on what they like and guide them through things. And I can add guiding questions and stuff like that to it. So that, that's one program that I really like in terms of technology and engaging uh, in the classroom. And this can be used not just for my online classes. If I was teaching in person, I would then use that as part of my flipping the class where I would have students do their reading and annotations before we would meet so that then we can answer their questions and do other activities applying what they're learning. So it can be used in both situations. That's awesome. And then are there any other technology platforms you use as a professor? We use Google Docs often, of course, which is out there. And that's really students use that for collaboration purposes. There's Trello boards for project management that they can use. I've used Mentimeters in the past, which is type of thing. Use different types of polling software, but this one's kind of cool because it'll make like word clouds for you. Another engagement software though that I use is uh, called Yellowdig Engage. And what this does is again, replacing that traditional discussion board, uh, which is very static, is create a almost looking like a social media platform. And we can add some topics to it and we tell them again, here are some things you can talk about. But we, again, we try to give them some autonomy in terms of what is interesting to you. And then they earn points and then both they earn points. But this is really, this is what I call ridiculous points because <laughs> the points in the grade book don't match up to what yellow dig uh, points are earned. We're talking like a thousand points a week that they earn, and then that grade will get passed over into the, automatically into the learning management system. Again, automatic grading. Now, this grading is a little bit different. This one is based on word count only. And I will share, I was skeptical for many years not to go into using this, but they've done a major upgrade this past year, and I have used it, and I have found that students are engaging, again, more with themselves. And I go in and I earn my points every week also. So I make sure that I earn my points along with the students so that they can see me engaging with them and again, pointing things out. So that's another one that, I, again, is very new to me. Just actually this summer, I started using that one. But I find it also, like I said, more engaging than that traditional discussion board or even doing quizzes. And then how do you use technology in your personal life? So personally, I would say we use technology every day, right? We're using it right now as we're recording. So, I mean, we didn't even talk about that. I mean, wow, I didn't even think of Zoom and you know, all these other ways to communicate with each other. We've been using those for meetings and family meetings now. We never did a family meeting before, and now we're using it to hold a weekly family meeting so we can connect with each other and connecting with friends and colleagues and stuff of course, do that. I mentioned uh, earlier that you know, I do some endurance events. So I'm using my Garmin or a Fitbit or something to track my workout. 
if it doesn't happen on the Garmin, we say it never, the event didn't happen. Whether it's we're hiking, we're just going out for a run, or it's an actual event. But that can be very beneficial because you can see your improvement. And it holds you, you personally accountable. At least for me, that's what it's for. Since I'm not as heavy into looking at events and just trying now just to, to stay healthy. So am I on track? How am I doing throughout the different types of exercises and stuff that I do? I think in terms of other types of technologies that we have, I think, you know, again, we use them every day. Our cars, our modes of transportation, if they're electrical, all have technology that is far more advanced than when I know I started driving, just purely combustible to to many computers in every single aspect of our cars nowadays. So I think those are some of the ways that I think I can see technology for us. That kind of segues into my next question. So what's one technology platform they use professionally that didn't exist a few years ago? Oh, that didn't exist a few years ago. I think most of the them have existed. I think most people didn't know about them. I know perusal has been around for a while, but it's just like been bumped up in the past few years. And we know Zoom has gone from almost nothing to you no know, huge. And other platforms are showing up, right? that we didn't know about before, or they're saying, okay, well, I'm going to create this type of you know, technological viewing prop, uh, platform or meeting platform that works for other things, other types of events. So I you know I've seen those pop up specifically coming to mind. I, I can't think of one, but every time I'm turning around to do a conference or something like that, we're definitely hearing about it. Oh, we're using this platform. So I've never even heard that platform. So it's always it's very interesting lots of virtual platforms also so i've been to a few conferences where they create like these virtual rooms and you go from room to room or virtual world i did one that was completely in a vr world in a way now we didn't use we didn't have to use glasses or anything like that but it was i guess vw not vr but yeah so you would and you would take your little avatar and go to different places to, to have this conference or you know go over, you can even go into a motorboat type of thing and go off and zoom around the ocean or whatever, the lake or wherever we were at. So that, that way needed a lot more, and again, more interactive in the sense that we weren't able to be together. So we created this other world and then there's other people there and you can go, but you can talk to people and, and interact with them that way. I think that's really has come up very large or, or advanced a lot in the past couple of years. So how has improvements in technology made being a professor in online learning easier? I wouldn't say it necessarily makes it easier, <laughs> except for when I say like it'll automatically grade something and pass that grade over, which is really nice. But with that comes a trade-off because now we are having additional setups to do. Now, usually once you get it set up, it's pretty easy. But there's, there's always some type of a, a trade-off going on here that we need to be mindful of when um, we're using these new technologies and to not just introduce them without getting your proper training and such. And how is it going to work? Even within platforms that we're currently using, we found, hey, we, we could help with this type of reporting for us uh, that we have to do every year about assessments. 
So we're trying it out very small. I just had a conversation actually today with the gentleman who's setting that up. And then I'm going to be piloting that and then in my class, and then we're going to pilot it in another class so that we can gather data automatically versus having to go back and tabulate it like a year later and go, well, I don't know, what was it? So it's going to be built in like with a grading rubric uh, as we go through things. I think challenges also with it when because we have to help our learners understand how to use them. So we have to choose the one that's proper and correct for what our outcomes are. So it's not just about saying, hey, I want to use this technology. Well, what are your outcomes in that course that will help that this will help facilitate and and create a better environment for your learners. Because today's day, we're not talking about what would be traditionally called a traditional student, 18 to 22. That's not who we're teaching anymore. We have 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. And everyone has different levels of comfort. And that also, I'm going to talk about the accessibility factor with all of this when it comes to broadband accessibility. I think that's really important. And so I'm going to give a big shout out for universal broadband connections for everybody. And I think that's really important that that is done. And we learned that because we had people that needed a hotspot and schools are sending buses out over the past year with COVID or people going just to Starbucks to do their work or going to other fast food restaurant to do their work because they don't have that in their home or they had multiple people trying to do it at the same time. I mean, that's a technological ad- advance that we need to have in the United States. And we are behind. I'm just, I'm going to say, I believe there's some Scandinavian countries that have already laid all the fiber optics and it's just there. And we, we in the United States are just behind when it comes to that. We need this universal broadband uh, infrastructure and it's really important. Um, and that's a technological advancement that we need and that I'm working towards. I actually belong to a group where we are making connections with the FCC and other entities to see how can we help facilitate that uh, upgrade. So obviously you just touched on it a little bit, but what are some technological advances you'd like to see professionally and personally to make your life easier? Well, I mean, again, I'm going to go back to uh, universal broadband connections. Uh, no, it's not just having them. It's having the correct speeds and having good speeds. You know, they, if you look at providers and such, they offer speeds of 15 download or 50 download and two or three upload. It's not enough anymore. And they're saying like 25, I think 25 download is good enough. And we're looking at like 100 download and 10 upload megabytes per, per second or whatever. I don't get into the technical piece of it, but that is what we need to have in order to be more successful. And it has to be treated in my mind and many of my colleagues' mind as a, the next electricity, the next water, right? It has to be that type of universality. A lot of people think that it's rural areas only, but urban we have urban deserts that don't get the connections as well in cities, and that's what we call the urban desert there. It'll be very interesting to see what happens as we get more satellites up in, up there. I know Elon Musk has been launching his satellites in order to have the satellite internet connection or broadband connection. 
But we need a lot more if that's going to be the route we're going to go. So that would be an interesting advancement there. And then are there any other ones you can think of or just pretty much universal broadband? For me, it's really about that. We have so many other platforms that we can meet on and there's enough other technologies out there. I think that someone's always going to be developing, but if we don't have a way to connect to them and access them and fairly for everybody, what's the point of having it? Exactly. And is there anything else you want to add before we are done for today? No, I don't think so. I think it's, again, just important that as you're going through from a professional standpoint, even if it's not a a learning environment or a traditional teaching environment, if it's at an office, you know, think about what your your outcomes are that you want to get so that you can employ the correct technology. Make sure you understand what it is before you introduce it. And the same kind of goes with you personally. I had many choices when it came to which watch do I want to get or you know which device do I want to get. I got to get the one that's right for me. And there's so many out there and so many choices. So take your time to figure out what is the outcome you want, what is the information you want uh, in order to uh, improve your life in some way. Then just as a final thing, you know, technology is great. And at the same time, we also have to unplug from it. So I always encourage people to take some time for themselves away from technology, whether that's just reading a book or going out in nature and leaving it all behind. So that's important too, so that we're not just completely encompassed by it. As important as it is, it's also important to remember everything in moderation. Well, it's been great having you on today and just leave us with your contact information in case anyone wants to reach out to you. Sure. Thank you. So the best way probably to reach me is through, I'm going to give you my email, but it would be at brent, B-R-E-N-T, at scholarconsulting.com. And that's S-C-H-O-L-A-R-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G.com. All right. Well, thank you again for coming on and have a great day. Thank you very much for having me, Marianne. We have enjoyed you listening today. And we'll be back again next week. Today's Dumb Down Tech was sponsored by Corporate Design Solutions. To learn more, please visit their website at corpdesignsolutions.com or feel free to give them a call at 702-350-1000.